Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. What is the purpose of marriage, and what is the place of sex within the marriage commitment? How exactly does adultery violate the marriage commitment, and why does Jesus equate lust with adultery? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. Much like the command against murder, the prohibition against adultery seems on the surface to be straightforward. If you are married, you cannot engage in romantic or sexual activity with someone who is not your spouse. However, just as the command against murder is supposed to speak to the hatred in our hearts, the commandment against adultery is meant to speak to the issue of lust in our hearts and to the ways in which we are called to order our sexual lives. In order to understand this command, we have to begin with a biblical understanding of marriage. From there, we'll discuss the role of sex within marriage, and finally talk about the specifically Christian commitment of marriage. In scripture, marriage is the lifelong commitment of one man and one woman to each other. The purpose of marriage is described in the ceremony itself. For instance, the Anglican marriage ceremony states this, The union of husband and wife in heart, body, and mind is intended by God for their mutual joy for the help and comfort given one another in prosperity and adversity, and when it is God's will, for the procreation of children and their nurture in the knowledge and love of the Lord. Now we can see in this definition of marriage three key marks. It is a commitment under God for unity, love, and creativity. It is a union, meaning it is a commitment of husband and wife to be united together for life. It is also a commitment marked by love. Notice here, though, that romantic love is not the purpose. Instead, love is defined by the mutual care and support of husband and wife, and the joy that comes out of this mutual care. Finally, the commitment is meant to be creative. This union of love holds the possibility of producing children. Now, these three marks are interrelated. Out of love, a man and a woman make a lifelong commitment to be united to one another, through better or worse, through sickness and in health. And it is this union that bears with it the possibility of creativity, specifically the creation of new life. So we see in Christian marriage an interweaving of these three chords, love, unity, and creativity. In the Bible, sex is limited to the bond of marriage, and it is intertwined with each of these three aspects. Sex is an expression of love between husband and wife. It is the creative action of marriage, as it holds the possibility of producing children. 
and it is a source of unity. It is a literal, physical joining together of husband and wife. We can see here a relationship as well between sex and children. Out of love, husband and wife have sex, which holds the possibility of creating new life. Then, after they have had children, either biologically or through adoption, sex is meant to keep husband and wife bonded together so that they might together raise their children. Now that we understand the purpose of marriage and how sex fits into this purpose, we can begin to understand why the seventh commandment forbids adultery. Adultery is defined broadly in the Bible as all sexual activity that takes place outside of the commitment of marriage. Whether one engages in this activity before, during, or after they are married. The reason that this activity is prohibited is that it breaks the bond of marriage and severs these three chords of love, unity, and creativity. How does it sever these three chords? Sexual activity outside of marriage is not an expression of sacrificial love, but instead an expression of a selfish desire for pleasure. Sexual activity outside of marriage creates a physical bond between two people that is not backed by the emotional and spiritual bond of the marriage commitment. Finally, sexual activity outside of marriage has little to do with bearing or raising children. For instance, the foster care system is filled with children who were the result of one-night stands, where parents were unwilling to follow through with a commitment to raise the children brought about by their actions. Christians believe that God has ordered the human body in such a way so as to make marriage the best arena through which to have and raise children. For Christians, this is both a theological and biological fact. Children who are raised by both their father and mother have a much greater chance of thriving. This is why Christians have placed a special emphasis on caring for orphans through adoption and foster care. It is an attempt to provide the love and care of committed parents to those in need. Furthermore, those who conform to the biblical sexual ethic will live more physically healthy lives. One of the results of promiscuity is the spread of sexually transmitted diseases. And so this command was meant to tell people how to avoid disease and live a long and healthy life. Now that we've addressed the purpose of marriage and the role of sex within marriage, we can now turn to a discussion of the type of commitment that Christians are called to make in marriage. For Christians, marriage takes place before and under God. Husband and wife make their vows not just to each other, but also in front of God. As such, marriage takes on a special connotation for Christians. St. Paul speaks of the Christian marriage commitment as a reflection of the commitment that Jesus makes to the church. Jesus loves his people and desires humanity to be united to God through him. Out of this love, Jesus sacrifices himself on the cross so that those who trust in him might be free of their sins and united to him. Paul says that the union of husband and wife is supposed to reflect this union between Jesus and the church. 
as Jesus sacrificed for us, husbands and wives sacrifice for each other. As Jesus remains committed to us, even when we go astray, husband and wife are to remain committed to each other, even when their marriage gets difficult. As we've seen throughout the Ten Commandments, the commitments we make to each other are supposed to reflect our primary commitment, which is to God. This is why scripture oftentimes uses the words idolatry and adultery interchangeably. Idolatry is the severing of our commitment to God by committing our hearts to the worship of physical things. It is, in a sense, committing adultery against God. We cheat on God when we place other things above Him. Similarly, adultery is a form of idolatry. Those who commit adultery are, in a sense, worshiping the human body, either their own body or someone else's. They are placing physical and emotional needs above their commitment to their spouse, and in turn, above their commitment to God. This is why Jesus states that lust is a form of adultery. When we fantasize about another person, we are in effect worshiping their image. We take their image and we internalize it, and we use it to gratify our desires. Now, ultimately, Christians are called to be faithful people because God has been faithful to us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. When we fall into sin, we can confess our sins and know that Jesus remains committed to us. This will give us the power and strength to honor as well all of our earthly commitments, particularly the commitment to marriage. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you do us a favor and text a friend and tell them about our podcast. This will go a really long way in helping us reach other people. If you'd like to connect further, you can reach out to us through our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast, at Twitter at We underscore Believe underscore Pod, or you can email us at This We Believe Podcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.